0: Welcome in, everyone, to episode 13 of the Peach State Tailgate Sports Podcast. I am Kenny Cochran, joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Mr. Jake Hill. Hoorah! We're back at y'all on back-to-back days. We talked dogs yesterday, our initial reactions from the Oregon game, the week one matchup. We talked a little SEC ball. We talked a little bit of Braves and kind of where we stood. And now we're going to get into a little bit more. We're going to do a little... Braves talk, a little UGA Sanford preview. We're going to do a little NFL week one preview. And um, I know Jake and I are chomping at the bit to get to it. So I don't want to waste any more time. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure you check us out on all the socials like we tell you every single time. And I am pumped to get talking some more ball.
1: Hell yeah, Kenny. So I guess I'm going to lead this thing off like I'm Ronald Acuna. Uh, we're going to start this off like we do every episode. giving a little bit of Braves talk. Uh, right now, it happened. Braves are tied for the lead in the NL East. Uh, Time stamp, 9.15 p.m. on September 7th. It is Wednesday night for people listening during the week. Um, And the Braves and Mets have already both played their games today. They both won. The Mets beat the Pirates today and the Braves beat the Athletics. Uh, One thing of note, the Mets do hold the tiebreaker over the Braves right now. There's no game 163 this year. So if you go into the end of the season with a tie, it goes into a tiebreaker thing, and right now the Mets have that over the Braves. There's only one th- one occurrence that can happen that will change that, and that is if the Braves happen to sweep the Mets at the end of the year, and we are still tied. That is the only way the Braves will take the tiebreaker over the Mets. It's not a very likely thing to happen because the Mets are still a tough ball team. We would rather just win the division outright than have to run into that situation of having to sweep them at the end of the year. And it's kind of a rare occurrence. Like, what are the odds that we end up playing the Mets? You know, going to that series, three games back, and then sweeping them and tying. It's, it's not really a very you know, likely situation, but it is definitely a situation to look at. Uh, one note: I have a couple injury notes I wanted to cover beforehand. This is kind of a random one that just came out today. Hosgari uh, Noah underwent surgery to reconstruct his ulnar. Is it ulnar or ulnar? Ulnar. You're you're more of a medical guy than me. I think it's an ulnar. Ulnar collateral ligament in right arm. So he's having complete right arm construction. Hopefully, it's going to help him throw the baseball in the strike zone a little bit more effectively than what we've seen from mr Yanoa, uh besides early on in the 2021 season before he punched the gatorade cooler and broke his hand so uh we're, we're rooting for oscar obviously he's a guy that bryce fans have kind of forgotten about i'll even admit myself he's kind of a guy that has went to the back of my mind even with the success we had to see you know from him last year obviously the guy was hitting tanks and now the dh is kind of a thing in the national league he's not as much fun to watch anymore uh my, my last little Braves note I have, um, Ozzie Albies is coming back soon. and I, I, he's, It's another situation where you're running into the situation right now with Von Grissom where he came up and has been so good for the Atlanta Braves that we're almost putting Ozzie on the back burner. We are legit turning, returning a top five second baseman in baseball. The Atlanta Braves, who are already one of the best teams in baseball, are about to get a fringe star player back with Ozzie Albies, a guy that plays solid defense, a guy that has a consistent bat, I know he struggled this year to start the year, but we know what Ozzy is. Ozzy has been in the league long enough and he has proven enough to for us to know that he is still a good baseball player. I, I want to say that his early season stuff, I think he was already dealing with the injury early on. They never said anything about it. I don't know if that's a true statement, but we saw Ozzy early on in the season that uh, was not an Ozzy we've ever seen before. And it just so happens that he had a non-contract, non-contact break in his foot. So I kind of feel like he might've already had a little damage there and that Something that was bothering him. He was also slow this year, which is kind of weird because Ozzy's usually a pretty quick guy, and we didn't really see that from Ozzy early on. So I'm really excited to see him get back on the field, Kenny. I'm sure you are as well. We saw videos the other day of, um I want to say it was Eric Young out in the out in left field, working with both Von Grissom and William Contreras out in left field, which is a very encouraging thing to see because obviously Marcel has been getting playing time, and I'm not going to knock Marcel too hard right now because Marcel has been swinging a hot bat. Funny enough, Marcel has actually been hitting the ball pretty decent since he had the uh, had had about two weeks off. And obviously, you know, Roddy Grossman has came back down to earth. Uh you throw Ozzie in at the second base spot and you, you can throw Vaughn out in left field. You, you know, your lineup only gets deeper. You know, one through nine, you're looking at a lot of pop. You're looking at some great contact bats that can drive and runs. It's it's gonna be a ton of fun to watch when Ozzie gets back on the field.
0: Yeah, and I do want to say, um, if you listen to this podcast, you know, we've always loved Marcelo Ozuna here.
1: I, want, I, I honestly feel you like... Never, among, we've, never, we've never talked bad about him. We haven't. And, and I, I feel like there's a little bit of sarcasm coming from you right here, Kenny. But I do want to say, among Atlanta Braves fans, I feel like Kenny and I probably had some of the longest leashes with Mr. Ozuna than anybody we were two people that stuck with Marcel all the way up until the DUI situation. And I, to be honest, I do think charges were all dropped, thankfully, because he did not take a... Uh, he did not do the breathalyzer, and he did pass the little test you do. I, I don't know. I've never been pulled over for a DUI. I can't think of what the name is of it, but he did pass those. So all... all Yes. All the charges are dropped. So, I mean, was he drunk? I don't know. He rolled down the window. He said, I am Marcelo Zuna from Braves. So... You know he. I, I think that got him arrested alone, me personally. But <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a you don't want to you don't want to advertise your Marcelo Zuna from the Braves in the Atlanta area, buddy. Sorry. Now when no. you're hitting
1: two ten and playing terrible defense in the outfield when you get the, when you get the chance to play out there,
0: <laughs> not a good look.
1: But it is a positive note to see that you know I, I guess he's he's being more accepted by the team. I've been watching some of the games. Obviously on the bench he's he's still a he's still an upbeat guy. He's still showing emotion every the young cats are driving and runs, doing their thing. Uh, he's he's on the bench supporting them. I saw the other day he had he had a pretty he had a pretty nice RBI single, and he looked to the bench, and Austin Riley was just fired up for him. It was it was good to see that Marcelo Zuna is still a guy that's accepted in the clubhouse, and he's just not like a complete you know negative in that aspect of the game.
0: Well, and obviously as fans of the team, you want the team to be morally competent. You know, you you don't want to have some some absolute menaces to society in the dugout or on the sidelines for football. But at the end of the day, this is sports, man. And the way sports work is if you have some kind of off-field issues going on, but then you produce on the field, everyone's going to forget about it.
1: Yes, yes, that, that is very true. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that, that you don't want to have those guys on the bench. Uh, because we have a guy on the Atlanta Braves that never gets playing time, but takes up a roster spot just because of his antics on the bench. And his name is uh, Guillermo Heredia. Dude has kept a job on the roster all year long, other than like a week whenever he got set down. And I don't even think he ever went down. I think he stuck with the taxi squad throughout the week. I think it was whenever Darno had got hurt and they brought up Chadwick Trump because they didn't want to put Darno on the IL. So instead of putting Darno on the IL, they put Guillermo down, but he stayed with the team throughout the week just to send Trump back down. Or I think Trump got hurt, but the whole situation where Guillermo has been here the whole year and he's, you know, he's, he's still doing Guillermo things. He's slashing swords. Uh, hyping up everybody! Obviously, as a fan, I don't mind that roster spot being taken up by a guy like that because every team needs it, especially this Braves team with all this youth. You go into that, you go into the dugout as a 21 year old kid, and you see a, a six seven year veteran in there, just pumped up for you, so excited for every little moment you do, and it, I, I'm sure there can't be a better feeling for a younger person.
0: Absolutely, he's just such a morale booster.
1: Well, Kenny, uh, that that that's my wrap up for the Braves talk. Obviously, uh, we we have a You know, a couple more weeks of regular season. Obviously, we're tied for the NL East lead. So, you know, just continue watching those Braves games. Continue showing your support. Obviously, the Braves are hot. We had a little slip up against the Cardinals about a week ago. But other than that, the Braves are still maintaining that crazy pace that we're at. I want to say that right now we are projected to win 101 games, which is something that the Braves have not done in a very long time. And it's kind of funny that the year that we're going to do that is the year we're in like a really, really close division race after we've won it four years in a row.
0: I want to say there's 25 games left in the season, in the regular season after today. So we need to go, you know, we need to win, what, 14 of those to hit 100? Which is, you know, if the Braves can kind of maintain what they've been doing lately, I don't see a reason why we could not do that.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, is that
0: it for Braves?
1: Yeah, that's it for me, man.
0: All right, well, let's move on to a little dog talk. I know we talked a lot of dogs yesterday. We don't have as much today, but I wanted to do uh, a little bit of follow-up on what we kind of talked about. Yesterday, we broke down the Oregon game and talked about our thoughts from it. Um, and um, earlier this morning, Kirby had a press conference where he talked about some a little bit of preview for the Sanford game. We got Sanford this week. Um, and he talked about, kind of his initial reactions on the field versus after he sat down and watched the film from the Oregon game. So there were a couple notes I wanted to take. Um, Before I hop into that, I will say, um, as of where we stand right now, post-Oregon, UGA is currently the number two ranked team in the country. And according to the computer, UGA has a 76.8% chance to make the college football playoff and a 25.6% chance to win the national championship. We're also projected, according to the computer, to win 11.7 games this year. A little caveat to that. um, Guys, that means absolutely nothing. Um, But just a couple interesting points to throw out there. Um, So I talked about the Oregon film and how Kirby had a little presser to talk about what he thought. Um, So I had a couple notes for that. Um, he had a lot to say after watching the film from the Oregon game. He praised a lot of the young guys while giving some pretty constructive criticism on how the team as a whole can improve. Um, he kept saying we need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. When, if you don't speak Kirby's smart language, it means we need to fix our mistakes. He's kind of explained that in the past. So when he says we need to go to the doctor here, this guy needs to go see the doctor, he's saying we just need to address a couple issues. Um, his biggest point of emphasis that the team needed to go to the doctor for was the linebacker group. Um, specifically the in-game play calling and on-field adjustments. As you guys probably know if you're football fans, your Mike linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. Typically, he's the captain. He's making the play calls. He's looking how the offense is lined up, taking the call from the sidelines and then making on-field adjustments uh, pre-snap to kind of adjust to where the offense is and how they're lined up. Um, And he mentioned something that I thought was pretty interesting. As a guy that played football my entire life, I I I heard it a lot. And it's pretty cool to hear a guy like Kirby Smart say it. Um, he said, you'd rather have guys being loud and wrong on the field than quiet and right. And I think that's a pretty interesting point here because he kept talking about the confidence level of these young linebackers. Obviously we talked about JDJ and Smell Munden, um, how these guys really stepped in and played a pivotal role in that game. And we expected to see a little bit more from them, but the offensive scheme just didn't really line up. So, uh, that that's really good to hear coming from Kirby that he's happy with their confidence and their overall, you know, ability and, and Colin in, in game adjustments, but he wants them to get a little bit better about correcting those little things and making sure they put the defense in the right position. Um, so that's, that, that's kind of it. As far as Kirby, what he said, he, overall he had mentioned, he's really pleased with the offensive line. He's really pre- pleased with the offense as a whole. Um, obviously he talked about Stetson. We all know Stetson balled out, but I thought that was pretty interesting because Jake, you mentioned, and uh, wanting to see a little bit more from the linebackers, and that's something Kirby said in the presser this morning.
1: Yeah, that that is very interesting. And you know, we're, we're talking about a Georgia team that lost. I want to say th- our three linebackers, and they all went uh, in the top four rounds of the NFL draft uh, this past year. So obviously, J D J and Smile London, uh they're two guys that don't have that much experience because we were so deep at that position last year. And I know we were talking about it yesterday. This is this is something that's going to be fixed with more experience and. This is going to be a perfect game we're going to against Samford where little stuff like that can get so cleaned up because you're not at such a high leverage situation. Like these, these are guys that are going to get valuable reps in this game. I know I know that this game is going to be a complete blowout. It's not going to be a very competitive game, but this is one of those games that you love to see for your younger players. You want them to be on the field. You want them to take these reps against college football teams, obviously, um, and you want them to improve off what they did last week. Uh, you know, like I just mentioned as fans, this is not a big game, but as a young player, every single rep matters. And especially when you're not going up against your own team in practice, and you get to actually go into a live game in a live environment with the play clock on and all that fun stuff. It it definitely matters a ton that we're going to get to see these two guys go out and, you know, play this week weekend against Sanford. Uh, I do want to mention it's a 4 PM Eastern time game for, for the fans out there that are looking to watch. So it's interesting time slot. Uh, it, it kind of lines up pretty bad with some of the other games that are going on that I'm really excited to see, but, uh, I, I will definitely be the last button on my remote will be absolutely obliterated. If it wasn't, if it's, it was, not,
0: it's not going to work
1: until <laughs> Saturday night. Yeah, It's not going to work. So um, the good thing is Baylor BYU. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to be lasting off of that game. It's just going to be that game the whole night. So That's at right. that point, I'm not going to need it. But <laughs> next Saturday, I will definitely have a new remote coming in through the mail. Thank you, Amazon
0: and that brings us in perfectly to a little Sanford preview. Obviously, Jake hit it. It's a 4 p.m. Eastern game. Um, this the funny thing about this is you literally cannot find a line for this game anywhere. Um, I was able to find one, and it was through Win Casino. is the only number I could get. So shout out Win Casino. Georgia's a 52 point favorite according to them. Um, so I will say, if you use Win Casino for any of your sports booking um, and you're taking this game, you are a maniac hammer it hammer it you're a psychopath i don't care who it is i don't 52 points man the dogs are gonna dogs by 90 every every week but 52 that is nuts and that's why this game is not going to be on FanDuel. it's not going to be anywhere you're looking um interesting a really interesting thing here that i actually did not know um prior to doing a little bit of research on this sanford ball team um So, obviously, we all know Kirby graduated from UGA, played defensive back, um, and immediately joined the coaching staff as a graduate assistant there. But his first official coaching job out of college was the defensive backs coach at Valdosta State in the year 2000. While Kirby was hired as the defensive back coach at Valdosta State, their head coach was Mr. Chris Hatcher, who is now the head coach at Sanford.
1: That is electric. I... I did not know that. That, that, is, that is awesome.
0: So, obviously, Kirby's super familiar with this guy. Knows his coaching style. He had nothing but praises to sing about this guy in the presser today. Um, but one thing I will say, and I know Kirby knows this too, and he mentioned it a couple times, this dude loves to throw the football. This Sanford team threw the ball very effectively last week, uh, 24 times versus Kennesaw State for 290 yards and four touchdowns. Don't forget, y'all, this is the same Sanford team that hung 52 points on Florida last year.
1: I forgot about that. You are right. That, didn't Florida score 70?
0: Yeah. Spinal score 70 to 52. This same for team, dude. What's the number? They threw the ball 53 times versus Florida in hanging 52 points, 400 yards, and three touchdowns through the year.
1: Coach Hatch is an absolute legend. I must say. I don't, I don't know what his record is against uh, Hatch, Hatch assistants, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But good, good luck to Coach Hatch. I'm I'm sorry, sir. Yeah,
0: good luck, Coach Coach Hatch. We uh we love you, and uh, thank you for teaching Kirby. Anything you did that brought us here, because he got us a national championship, and he's gonna come out here and rout your boys. But it'll be a good game to watch. It'll be a good stat game for Old Stitt. Go out there and hopefully work up those Heisman numbers again. But that's pretty much it for me, man. I'm super excited for this game for a couple reasons, but like Jake already mentioned it, it's a developmental game. We get to see some of the young guys get more reps and hopefully just work their way into more of a pivotal role on the defensive side of the ball. And then offense, we expect them to come out there and just – run up and down the field and hopefully throw up and down the field, run up the numbers a little bit. So it's cool that this is a team that likes to throw the ball because um, we're gonna see some some younger secondary guys get some some more action than we saw last week.
1: Yeah and, and, and I do have a couple things noted down that I'm excited for. Uh number one being Mr. Carson Beck. Uh I, I know I know we talk about Stetson Bennett wanting to rack up some numbers. I'm sure he's gonna be able to do that, but he's he's not gonna make it much longer than a, a quarter or two. So Carson Beck is going to get plenty of snaps in this game. And Georgia fans, uh, this is a guy that has a legit shot at being our starting quarterback next season. He's a guy that is going to his third year at UGA, sitting on the bench. He is not leaving. He is going to go into next season, and he is going to fight for that starting job hard. I know we have the two young cats with Gunnar Stockton and uh, Mr. Brock Vandergriff, but we know Kirby. We know how Kirby goes with his vets. And, you know, Carson Beck is a guy that has plenty of talent. He's a guy that has the most experience in the system. He's, he's obviously the number two quarterback in the system. So he, he's, he's, he's a guy to watch for whenever you do get your chances of seeing him play because he, he has a legitimate chance to be the starting quarterback next season. Uh, a couple other things I have mentioned. Uh, I, I, on the defensive side of the ball, I do look to keep on seeing big impact games from these freshman talents with guys like Michael Williams, Malachi Starks, and Xavier Insuri. Uh, Those are three guys to me. Obviously, Malachi Starks last week had an absolute hell of a game. Michael Williams has been getting a ton of praise. But Xavier Soria is a guy that I look at, and I, I'm pretty high on this kid. I, th- I think this kid with you know more repetition could become a, a good player on this Georgia defense. Obviously, he's a little bit farther down the depth chart than you'd like to see, but he was a guy that you know I, I'm really excited with the talent he has to catch him on the field. Another guy that I am very, very excited to see more of, and we did get to see him a little bit last week against Oregon, is Oscar Delp. Um, I know whenever he came to Georgia, everybody was saying he's kind of like Brock Bowers 2.0 with how he plays, and I feel like getting two full quarters of him on the field, maybe Georgia doesn't just try to drive the ball on the ground every single play with Mr. Branson Rob- Robinson just running through fool's faces. Maybe we might see Oscar Dope have, have a great game this, this weekend against San- Sanford. Also, uh, Arik Gilbert and Tyke Smith. Those are two guys that we saw last week in very limited playing time against Oregon. They did not come in until the second half whenever the game was already out of hand. Obviously, Tyke Smith is a guy that's recovering from, I want to say, a torn ACL last season. And, you know, I think Kirby had some notes on him saying that they're impressed with how his progress is coming along. He's a guy that, obviously, the West Virginia transfer that everybody was so excited for. I want to say plenty of national things had him rated as a top 10 safety in college football going into the season. So, He's definitely a guy to keep an eye on in this game to see how much playtime he can get. And Arik Gilbert, he's kind of a strange case. He's another guy we didn't see till later in the game. And obviously, going into the season, everybody thought that he was going to be tied in number two behind Brock Bowers. And he was going to drop uh, Darnell Washington down to three. Obviously, right now, that's not the case because Darnell Washington is an absolute stud. But Arik Gilbert's definitely a guy I want to keep my eyes, my eyes on to see what he can do in the second half with uh, Carson Beck throwing in the ball. Last thing, uh, wide receiver Savon Clark. He's he's a guy I'm pretty pretty high on, too, and obviously another guy that's farther than the depth chart. Whenever you get into these games and you get to see guys play, he's a guy I want to see get a little bit more action than we got to see out of him last week. I want to say he had a, one catch last week for like eight yards. Uh, I, I could see him putting together a nice little game this week against Sanford.
0: I like that a lot, and um, you mentioned him there. I'm i I'll, I'll really curious to see if we get a little bit more burn out Eric Gilbert um a guy like that coming coming in there because i don't know if you saw all the nfl draft boards i mean this dude is still popping up in the like bottom first round i believe Um, him. so i want to see this guy play a little bit more because and i know he had a little bit of a car accident injury um deal and and that could have contributed to why we didn't see him play too much against oregon so i'm hoping that a guy like that can come in and get some burn against this same for team
1: definitely so that brings us to. Are you doing on Georgia, Kenny? You good on Georgia? Yeah, that's it for me. All right, go dogs. Uh, I think I think that brings us into a good talking point right now because it is Week One coming up of the NFL. It starts tomorrow YouTube side of things, and it starts today on the podcast side of things. But we're going to focus on Sunday first before we get into the whole NFL thing because that is when our beloved Atlanta Falcons face off against the New Orleans Saints at home at one p.m. Eastern. Uh. Obviously, we're excited for this Falcons team. We're not expecting too much from this Falcons team. Uh, there's not a ton of talent all over the field, but there is enough talent where I think the Falcons could make. Oh, excuse me. I think the Falcons could make things pretty interesting. Uh, I have a couple notes to cover, Kenny. But do you have anything that you want to lead off? Any Falcon stuff you would like to say before I, I get going?
0: I just wanted to touch on the on the line for this game. Um, Saints are favored by five and a half. I feel like that's a pretty favorable line for the Falcons. Um, five and a half, I, I probably would have expected to see a little bit, uh, see, see a little bit more there. Um, so, you know, take that as you may. Um, the over-under is also set at 42 and a half, which I feel like is, is a little bit low for yes. this game. Um, so th- those are just a couple, you know, take it at face value, however, however you want to look at that. But for me, those are just a couple things that kind of threw me off when I originally looked at this line
1: yeah I, I agree completely i I looked at the line I looked at the spread. I do think before we get too far into betting things because this is not going to be one I mentioned later on. me personally, this is a game I'm going to stay away from uh i'm I'm sorry Falcons, but i don't I don't want to put my money in you, but if I was leaning one way, I would definitely go with the Falcons and I do now that you mentioned the over under i I am kind of tempted to take the over because i I am a little bit higher on this Falcons offense and I feel like most people are I, I feel like the Falcons definitely have the ability to put some points up. But there are a couple things I am curious about. Uh, Number one, Drake London is limited in practice this week. Uh, All the all the reports are saying that we'll learn more on Saturday. That is obviously a big blow for the Atlanta Falcons if he does not play because he is currently listed as wide receiver number one on the depth chart. Uh, I'm I think he's still dealing with the with the leg injury that he had in uh, week one of the preseason. Um, Obviously, Drake London, I I said I'm I'm tripping right now. I'm sorry. Drake London is a. a guy that can go on. He's, he's a big-body guy. And the limited time we saw him play, very limited time we saw him play in the preseason. He looked good, but uh, he's, he's a guy the Falcons definitely need on the field. My but other— Drake London. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, Drake London, I mean, we, we got to see one catch from him in the preseason game, and it was flashy, and it looked nice. So, yeah, we need this guy to get healthy. They're, they've been a little patient with him uh, yes. and trying to get, get him pretty healthy coming into the season. So I'm hoping that he'll be good to go
1: yeah and uh, one thing I want to note for Falcons fans this is this is one of those situations where you don't risk your future for one game or a preseason or anything like that. So obviously the Falcons are going to continue to be patient with Drake London if they're not hundred percent sure he can go. I, I'm sure there's a pretty solid chance that he won't. but i think I think the signs are looking pretty positive that we're going to see him. Obviously, Falcons fans want to see him because, you know, we had a unicorn with Powell Pitts last year and out of all the wide receivers in this past NFL draft, I feel like the most likely to be another unicorn was Drake London. I know there's guys that are probably above him in skill set wise, but you know, Drake London's a, a big body guy, can run, can catch, he, he can pretty much do it all. So, obviously, we're really excited to see him play. Um, I have a couple more notes I have. Uh, can the Falcons' secondary limit Jameis Winston, and the Saints wide receivers? Obviously, Michael Thomas is a guy that uh, might be coming back. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a game time decision. He had injured his hamstring this year during training camp. Obviously, he's still coming back from that ankle issue he had last year as well. Um, but let's not forget, they added Jarvis Landry and uh, Chris Alave from uh, Ohio State. So they still have plenty of weapons. Alvin Kamara is there. I, I want to say Jameis Winston's going to be full go to start the year. So. You know, this, the Saints offense still looks like they have plenty of weapons in. The Falcons secondary, obviously, went out and added Casey Hayward this year. Um, AJ Terrell's an absolute stud. We have two young safeties with Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins. And then the nickel corner spot, I, I'm kind of curious to see what they do there because obviously Jarvis Landry's a slot guy, and most, most of his reps are going to be taken in that slot. And we have a couple guys. The depth chart has D. Alford listed as the fifth corner, which is kind of weird to me because he was the guy in preseason that was starting majority of those games. They have Mike Ford and Darren Hall listed above them. But I am curious to see if D. Alfred's a guy that we see first play out there on the field, manned up on Jarvis Landry. That, that is what I would prefer to see. I'm very high on D. Alford. I know he was, I want to say he was out of like the Canadian Football League or something when we signed him. So he's actually an interesting case. But everything I saw from him in the preseason, I'm very impressed with this kid. I can't wait to watch him play.
0: Yeah, no, D. Alford, that's the guy when you and I watched that preseason game. Um, he's a guy that I think really impressed us both. So I definitely look to see him get in the game a little bit more than a lot of people are expecting.
1: Yeah, I have I have a couple notes too. Um Offensive line. Um Obviously, Jalen Mayfield got put on the IR to start the season. Thank you. Uh Whatever happened, he should have been cut, but he got put on the IR. So Elijah Wilkerson is going to be taking over that left guard spot to start the year. And Drew Dobman beat out Matt Hennessey for the starting center spot on the first depth chart. So that is another interesting case. He's a guy that I liked over Hennessy, so I, I'm really happy to see them make that move. I was not really impressed with what I saw from Hennessy last year. He was rated as I want to say a bottom fifteen offensive lineman in the NFL, along with uh, two other guys, uh, Caleb McGarry and Matt H- and uh, I'm sorry, I said Matt Hennessy and Jalen Mayfield. So obviously a bottom fifteen guy, you can't get too much worse than that. So let's hope that Drew Dahlman comes out and he puts on a show at the center's position.
0: Yeah, that's something that I really wasn't too surprised about because you hit on it too with Hennessy and how it's it, – it, do you remember the hype around Matt Hennessy in the, the Alex Mack days?
1: Yeah, because he was drafted – he was Alex Mack's backup, Alex Mack's last year at the, with the Falcons, and everybody kept on saying, oh, they draft him, he's, he's going to be the guy that takes over Mack, and he never met those expectations.
0: Everyone kept talking about how impressive he was in camp and how amazing he looked in practice, and then we get to see him play, and it's like, is this the
1: same guy? Exactly, and I, I want to note too that this is a Saints off. This is a Saints defensive line that features Mar- Marcus Davenport and Falcons killer Cameron Jordan. So, I mean, obviously those are guys that we're going to be looking more at. Uh, Jake Matthews and Caleb McGarry on, but you know, whenever you can get help anywhere on the offensive line, you need it, especially against the Saints team that has a really dynamic pass rush. And they also have a good secondary. Uh, obviously, they lost Marcus Williams to free agency. I want to say that he's playing in Baltimore now with the Ravens. But they did go out and add Marcus May from the Jets in free agency. And they added Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. So Matthew's going home. Obviously, Tyron Matthew's one of the best safeties in football. Marcus May is also awesome. So this is going to be a tough, a tough game all the way around on the offensive side of the ball. I am curious to see what Mariota's play style can do against this defense. Because we've seen what Matt Ryan's play style is against this defense and. There's been plenty of times where, it, like I mentioned, Cameron Jordan seems like he is an absolute Falcons killer, and he just seems to get to Matt Ryan so many times whenever we played the Saints. So a little bit different at quarterback, a guy that can kind of escape the pocket, you know, make plays on his feet, do all types of stuff. I'm hoping that he can open some plays downfield for this uh, Falcons wide receiver group.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see how Mariota looks um, because obviously the dude, I think you can expect one of two things from Marcus Mariota. I think number one is he comes in there and he plays extremely average football. And number two is he comes in there and runs the ball all over the place. And by like week nine or ten, they're trying their best to keep him out of a body bag because this dude puts his life on the line every single play.
1: Yes, he he does. Uh, I I am also very excited to see Mario to play. Um, I I, I don't have this in my betting thing, so I'm going to go and mention now. You can get, uh, and I, I'm sorry to mention this because I don't never bet against the Falcons, but this is not be saying the Falcons will lose. But you can get Jameis Winston at uh, over 226 and a half, and I feel like that is a pretty low total for what we've known Jameis to be able to put up whenever he's healthy on the field. He might throw three interceptions, but he's going to put up 300. So uh, <laughs> he's a guy that passes for a lot of yards. So keep your eye on that one. Mariota set at 218 and a half. I'm going to stay away from that completely. I, I'm not too confident in Marcus Mariota getting 218 passing yards, but you know, things happen. Uh, that is my wrap up on the Falcons. Obviously, like I mentioned, we're really, really excited to see him play. But, you know, it's week one. We don't have too many notes to really go off of besides preseason. And preseason, half the guys we're going to be watching didn't get too much play. So it is what it is.
0: All right. Well, that leads us into the picks section of the podcast a little bit of gambling talk, betting talk. Uh, we got one of two avenues we can explore. Jake, where would you like to go first? You want to go week two college football or you want to go week one NFL?
1: Um, I think for me and you both, the college football part of things is a little bit more exciting. So how how about we start off with a little bit of week one NFL? Is that cool with you? Perfect. Sounds great to me. Um, Uh, go ahead, Kenny. I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm counting my picks right now. I'm trying to remember how many I had.
0: You're good. While you're counting up, let's go ahead and, and I'll go ahead and work us into the first game of the year. We got, if you're watching live on YouTube tomorrow night, if you're listening to the podcast, it'll be tonight. Thursday night football, first game of the year, 820 kickoff. The Super Bowl favorite this year, Buffalo Bills, traveling to LA to take on the Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, the Bills are favored by two and a half here, giving up minus 134 on the money line. The over-under for this game is set at 51 and a half.
1: Yeah. And I I want to mention week one of the NFL is an absolute banger this year. It does not disappoint. There are so many good games up and down the day. Like I am so excited to get into this. And could you ask for a better game to start off college football than the Rams than the bills playing in Los Angeles against the Rams? Like this is going to be so much fun to watch. We're talking about two of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the game with Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford. This is these are going to be two guys that can absolutely throw the ball all over the yard. We're looking at, you know, a great wide receiver matchup, too, with Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs. Like, there's there's going to be so many high-level playmakers on the field on both sides of the ball, both teams, that this game is going to make up for, I'm assuming, one of the better football games we get throughout the whole season.
0: I agree 100%. Now, one thing I will say that kind of interests me about this game is you just mentioned it with Cooper Cup, and obviously they bring in guys like Allen Robinson. They still got Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby at tight end. Um, This Rams team is is absolutely loaded in the weapons department, and the Buffalo Bills are going to be without Pro Bowl corner Tredavious White in week one.
1: That is a very, very big miss for them.
0: Um, now, they do gain back both of their safeties. Micah Hyde and Jordan Porter uh, were both uh, battling a couple injuries throughout the offseason, but they are good. They're going to be good to go for kickoff. Um, so that's that's another thing to look at there.
1: Yeah, best safety tandem in the NFL, in my opinion. 100%. Um, I, I do want to mention, uh, since we're in the pick section of this, I will go ahead and give my bets out. I know we had talked about this beforehand. I am on the Bills. I am on the Bills minus two. I, I think... Like we had mentioned, Bills are Super Bowl favorites right now. And I think they start off the season that way. Uh I don't want to say there's gonna be a Super Bowl hangover for the Rams because I still think the Rams are gonna be a playoff team. I think they're gonna be a great team. Wouldn't be surprised if they go twelve and five. Like I, I think this Rams team 13 and 4. Like this Rams team is going to be one of the top teams in the league. But I do think the Bills come out the season starting off with a bang. So I'm gonna go Bills minus two at Los Angeles.
0: All right, I respect it. I do not have a bet on the line for this game. Um, I try to get involved as much as I can, especially with the first game of the year. So my sole pick for this game, I have Dawson Knox over in receiving yards. Um, He's set at 35.5 right here, so I'm taking the over. You can get a minus 113 odds. I like that a lot. Uh, Dawson Knox, if you're um, watching, just got paid on YouTube today. Signed a big contract extension, I believe, five-year deal uh, somewhere in the 50 million dollar range. So, congrats to Dawson Knox. Dude's going to get paid. He wants to come out there and show out. He's been one of Josh Allen's favorite targets. So, um, I'm, I feel really, really good about him going over the 35 and a half there.
1: No, I agree. And I'm, I remember you told me that before we even got this podcast started. And, uh, I, I am going to follow your lead on that same thing. I do want to mention my first NFL bet of the season. I am a big fan of trying to get the first touchdown score bets because they hit big whenever you actually get them. And, uh, Yeah, my my first touchdown score to start the year. I'm putting this out to everybody. My first first touchdown score bet of the year is Cam Akers with the Los Angeles Rams. This is a guy that I am high on. Obviously, he's on my fantasy team. Kenny was trying to pry him out on my fingers yesterday. We were talking. She was trying to work up a trade for him. And uh, it, let's just say it fell through. It didn't work. I threw Tom Brady in, tried to get Matthew Stafford. I was trying to get Debo Samuel. And I was throwing some 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 straight-up great trades together. But, you know, GM Kenny over there, you know, he he, he was not falling for it. So now he's going to have James Robinson starting week one. And I'm making a joke right now. James Robinson is going to score 24 points in week one after I say this. Oh, God. You couldn't hope for anything less. <laughs> I also have a couple fun uh same-game parlays I hit. Uh, One of them is... Stephon Diggs, 100 plus receiving yards and uh, one touchdown. I got that at plus 550. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. It's not something I'm super confident in hitting because obviously a 100 yard tutty game is 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 an amazing game. Stephon Diggs is definitely one of the top tier wide receivers in the NFL, and he's a guy that can do it. But it's not going to be super super easy whenever you have Jalen Ramsey breathing down your neck the whole game. So yeah, that, that's definitely going to be a tough thing. Obviously, uh. With that, I'm also banking on Matthew. Well, I'm going to the other side of the football now. Banking on Matthew Stafford to also put together a big game. I had to throw a little bit of juice on this one. Uh, 295 passing yards, Cooper Cup to get 125 receiving yards and nine receptions. I'm a little bit nervous by this one, and it's, it's lower odds, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> this one is uh, plus 393. I, I feel like this is a lot less likely to happen than my Stefan Diggs uh, same game parlay. But, you know, I, I like the juicy ones and they were just sitting right there in a perfect little section, you know, sitting on nice and pretty. It was the two same game parlays that were sitting there nice and beautiful. So I took them. I also have the over in this game, the over 52. Again, not when I'm super positive in, but come on, y'all. It's the first game of the NFL season. Let's, let's, let's put a little money. Let's get a little bit of money flowing through our veins. Hopefully we can win big tomorrow. But, you know, if not. You know, you at least you enjoyed a good football game and, you know, it, it makes you have a little bit of a dog in the fight whenever you're watching a game like this.
0: It's always fun
1: to have somebody to pull for. That is that is Are, it for me, though, on, on Thursday night. I, I don't know if you have anything else to say about it.
0: That's it for me as well. So I guess um why don't we do this, Jake? Let's head in. Let's talk about the one o'clock hour for Sunday. Um We'll go ch- try, try and go chronologic order. Um, for time wise, obviously, you get the one o'clock kickoffs, four o'clock kickoffs, and then the night game. Um, so let's go ahead. You want to just go alternating? I, I throw out a pick, you throw out a pick. We'll see where we land.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to go with that. I did not put time slots on my, uh, picks, but I'm going to try to pull up the week one NFL schedule. So I will stick with you. Uh, give me one sec, Kenny. Okay. Let's roll with it.
0: All right. Cool. So I'll go ahead and kick it off. Um, for the one o'clock hour, Sunday, 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 opening Sunday NFL football. Um, First game I'm looking at here is the Philadelphia Eagles at Detroit. Um, I'm taking the Eagles right here at minus three and a half. I like that a
1: lot. Okay, I'm going to follow your lead right here. Besides, I do not have the minus three and a half. Is that what you said? Minus three and a half. I got a minus three and a half. You got the, wait? You got the Eagles at minus three and a half on Detroit? Let's go. Is that is that like a thing? I feel like I didn't see that, but. Yeah, so I don't, I, I'm following
0: FanDuel for my um, for for all my betting lines, and then uh, placing my bets on uh, my bookie is what I use. So um, according to FanDuel right here, they still got him at three and a half. So Philadelphia Eagles minus three and a half at minus one fourteen odds, minus one ninety eight on the money line, and the over under set at forty eight and a half on this one.
1: Okay, so bet online has them at minus four. That is actually one I did not note because I I will definitely take that. <laughs> I, I I don't know how I didn't know that, but I do have an Eagles Lions game, and I have a star by this one because I'm very high on this one. Uh, the, the total set at 48 and a half. I have the under on the total of 48 and a half. I feel like 48 and a half is a lot of points in this football game. And I, I, I'm not the biggest sleeper on the Lions, but I don't know how much support the Lions to be able to provide in, in a point total like that. So I, I'm, I'm going with the under on the 48 and a half.
0: I love the I, I like the under there. All right, let's go into uh, why don't you rip off your next one here.
1: Okay, my next one I am rolling with. Uh, sorry, I have to go back to my schedule right quick to make sure I'm giving you a 1 o'clock game. Yes, I am. I'm going to go with the Patriots plus 3.5 at Miami. That is, that is one I am very, very happy to get at that number. Uh, anything, you know, whenever you're sitting around 3 or sitting around 7, you always want to get the extra half if you're betting for the underdog. So... um, Obviously, Bill Belichick's a a guy that always seems like he plays the Dolphins pretty tough, and I I don't expect anything different to start this season. So I'm going to roll with Patriots plus three and a half at Miami.
0: I like that. I actually stayed away from that game, um, but if I were to to have a a dog in the fight, I would definitely lean Patriots, especially at the plus three and a half.
1: Okay, cool, Um, Kenny. What you got next?
0: My next pick, I've got the Baltimore Ravens minus seven and a half. Traveling to New York to take on the Jets, the Joe Flacco-led New York Jets. Um, this was as big of a lock for me as I could find, especially when I hear Joe Flacco's a starter. Um, I'm also looking here. Um, I-, I don't have a ticket on it right now, but I may um, see if this moves at all. It seems like it's leaning towards the downtrend. Uh, the over/under for this game is set at 44 and a half. Man, this uh, that that looks really appealing to me for the over. I'm gonna see if that moves down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I I am on that with you. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. I, f- I feel like you you kind of covered that. Obviously, we're talking about a Joe Flacco led team and one of the better teams in the NFL facing off. So obviously, we like Lamar. We we think Lamar is going to absolutely torch this Jets defense. Uh, they have a ton of young talent, but I don't know if that young talent is going to quite translate this early on to you know the season. So I, I'm also on the Ravens. Uh, I'll go into my next one, and I I'm thinking that you might be on this with me. Uh, I have. The Carolina Panthers minus one versus the Cleveland Browns at home. So I'm, I'm rolling with the Panthers. Minus one, Panthers favorites.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I actually took Panthers money line in this one.
1: Okay, okay, cool.
0: I got Panthers money line at minus 120. I respect Baker it. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield revenge game. I'm a big Baker guy. Obviously, we're Georgia fans, so we got some fond memories of, of, of tearing him up in the Rose Bowl. But boy, did he give an exciting run in that game, and we saw some insane college football from that dude. Um, so I like Baker. I think Baker's still got a lot to offer from a pro level. Um, so this is really his chance, man. He, he needs to come out here for this Carolina Panthers team. Obviously, he's the starter. Sam Darnold's bad on some injuries. So he's got a little bit of a leash, I think, more than what people were expecting. But if this guy wants to make it in the league, he's going to have to show up and show out this year. And in a week one matchup against the team that just dumped him, with the Cleveland Browns, um, give me Panthers' money line all day long.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I wanted to make a quick note right here, a quick Braves note. The Braves are no longer tied for first place in the NL East. Uh, I did not know this, but apparently the Mets played a doubleheader today, and they beat the Pirates both games. So we are currently half a game out of first place. It's not a big deal. I mean, it, it's, it's it's not too bad. I mean, obviously, we would have liked for Pittsburgh to win one, to win one of those games because then we would have been in first, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they got, they got swept in the doubleheader today. I think they had a rain delay on Monday, so the game got pushed back today. So, well, we're, we're, we're not first no more, but we're pushing towards it. Hopefully Miami can come out and close us out. But to get off brace talk, okay, back, back to these bets. And another 1 o'clock game I have. I am going to go. This is an interesting one, and this is one, not one I love. But I have the over in the 49ers at Bears game at 40. Um, I, I am curious to see what Trey Lance can do on that offense and I, I'm going with Justin Fields, man. I, I don't think that they're going to beat the 49ers. Obviously that offensive line did not improve this off season and they were absolutely terrible last year, but I feel like Justin Fields is a guy that can sneakily put up, put up some points on you. You know, he, he's kind of a flashy player. He can kind of make plays with his legs. I think he's going to have a big improvement going to this year based off last year, and, you know, if he can make his own plays, that, that 40 number's low, man. That 40 number's very, very low. So, you get one team, you know, that can get a little bit over 20, the other, you know, make up a little bit of ground for the other team, you know, you might be in a good situation with that pick.
0: No, I like that, too. I actually put a note right here that said I like the over 40 and a half. Um, I, ha- I do not have a ticket on the over, but I do have 49ers minus minus six and a half in this game.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with that 100%. I think the 49ers are going to beat them – I. I don't think it's going to be. Obviously, NFL is one of those weird things where you look at the spread. You're like, OK, this team is trash. This team is awesome. They're easily going to beat them by seven and a half, right? And then you watch the game and they beat them by seven. So six and a half is a nice, comfortable number to sit with the 49ers. Uh, obviously, you can clown on the 49ers all you want to. The 49ers were a good football team last year. I do think Trey Lance is going to be a good NFL quarterback. Um, obviously, they still have Jimmy G around just in case things do go wrong. I don't know if he'll see the field this year. Uh, he restructured a contract for a one-year deal. He'll be back this year. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Trey Lance comes out struggling that they just they, they might just pop Jimmy back on the field. I mean, we're talking about about a guy that has not done anything but win his entire NFL career and is riding pine right now.
0: Yeah, no, that that's a good point. And I think the reason why I felt a little bit more comfortable taking the six and a half with San Fran, I, I just kind of played the dumb role here and sat back and looked at it from a broad spectrum. And I have never seen a quarterback not thrive under Kyle Shanahan, so I think for Trey Lance to be given the keys, it means something. I know we haven't seen much from him, but um, in a Week One matchup against a, a, a really struggling Bears team, six and a half points, like you said, it's a lot better than seven and a half. So,
1: so I'm on it. No, I I respect that completely. Uh, Kenny, how about how about you give me your next one? Actually, no, yeah, yeah, give me back to back. Let's go back to back with you.
0: This is actually my final 1 o'clock game for the day. I have um, I have a ticket right here on this Jaguars-Commanders game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are traveling to D.C. to take on the Washington Commanders. Commanders are minus 2.5 point favorite in this game. Um, you can get the Commanders at minus 142 on the money line. The over-under set at 43.5 on this game. I actually went ahead and bought a half a point with the Jags. I'm taking the Jags plus 3 in this game looking for a Jags win and or one or two point cover. If they lose by a field goal, it will be, you know, no loss to me. I'll take the wash. Um, So I bought a half a point, got them at plus three at minus
1: 142. Okay, perfect, because I have one one o'clock game left, and it's actually the same game. And I actually went with the Commanders uh, minus two and a half over the Jaguars. Uh, If this game was set at three or three and a half, I would have no idea what direction I would want to go. I would probably stay away from it. But, I mean, I do respect the Jaguars. The Jaguars are another team we're looking at that, that could improve this year. Obviously, I want to say they have a pretty tough schedule this year ahead. So, you know, it's it's not looking too hopeful for them. But, uh, you know, this is one of their more winnable games they have on this schedule. And I'm sure they know that. And they're going to go into this game wanting to start the season off 1-0. You know,
0: absolutely. And a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he needs to uh, come in. With a strong outing in this game, obviously he's got Doug Peterson. So, um, you know, he's all the – all the, uh, the everything's going in his favor with how this team is moving forward. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this guy play and seeing these two teams match up. You never know what you're going to get out of Carson Wentz either. So um, this is an interesting one to look at. So I'm kind of pumped that we're on opposite ends of the spectrum here because that's going to make that a pretty interesting watch on Sunday.
1: Definitely. Uh, I-, I do want to mention, now that we're done with the 1 o'clock games, Every other game from here on out throughout the rest of the weekend is an absolute banger besides one. And it just so happens that one is one of the 425 games. And that is the only one that I have bet on among the 425 games. So I'll go ahead and get us kicked off in the ones in the 425 games. My only bet for the rest of Sunday night is the Tennessee Titans minus five and a half versus the New York Giants at home. I absolutely love that pick. Uh I, I'm not too high on the Giants. Uh Obviously, this is kind of, you know, make or break time for Daniel Jones, so I don't know what we're going to see out of him. I don't think that leash is very long at this point. I think this is a team that, you know, Daniel Jones slips up a couple more times. They're going to be out there looking for a quarterback in the draft next year in the offseason, trying to get somebody in there. But this Titans team, man, I know there's so much talk about, okay, they lost weapons. They lost A.J. Brown to the Eagles. But. I mean, they, they add in a guy like Traylon Burke. Obviously, Derrick Henry by himself is an absolute monster. Ryan Tannehill, he's, he's, he's a serviceable quarterback. that can get the job done. I, I just think this Titans team is, is a lot better than this Giants team.
0: I like that a lot. I actually don't have a pick in this game. I decided to stay away, but I would lean Titans here. Five and a half is a pretty good number.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that's the main reason I got him. It's, it's, it's less than a tud. Uh, anything, if it was at six and a half, I'd probably roll the same route. Uh, but I, I, I do like to get him at the five and a half. It's nice.
0: All right, 425, the only 425 pick I have, um, and this is a really really perplexing line for me because I don't really know what in the world's going on here, but I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. The Vikings are a one-and-a-half-point underdog. This is kind of weird, man. Um, so, you know, screw the one-and-a-half points. I'm on Packers' money line, minus 116.
1: Yeah, to me, when I watch the Packers and the Vikings play, it gives me so many Saints-Falcons... Like vibes that it doesn't matter how good one team is and how bad the other team is, they're going to play the absolute hell out of each other. This makes for one of the funnest or two of the funnest games of the season. Every single time these two teams match up, obviously, the Packers are going to a season. Uh, it's gonna be Rogers' first game without uh, Mr. Devontae Adams, but I mean, they still have weapons, maybe not the best weapons in the world, but they, you know, they have a couple guys out there that can go out and catch the ball. Obviously, they had mentioned that Alan Lazard is now wide receiver number one out there, and uh, Kenny, I know that you're pretty high on him. I'm also pretty high on him as well. He's, he's a big-body guy that can go up and catch almost any ball thrown to him, and Rodgers is the type of guy to put the ball in any spot you need it. So, Lazard, I'm, I'm sure he's going to have great success. We look at this Vikings offense. Vikings offense, man, this Vikings offense is so good, man. I, I almost hate it for Kirk Cousins because I feel like he gets so disrespected as quarterback play because he's not flashy. He just goes out and does what he has to do. Obviously, his guys like Dalvin Cook around him, he has Adam Thielen, he has Justin Jefferson. This offense is amazing so this is going to make for a lot of fun in min- min- minnesota this sunday i couldn't have said
0: it better this game's always 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 a banger um that's it for me for 425 you got anything else
1: i'm, I'm, I'm good with 425 I'm, I'm off of i'm i'm i'm, I'm clear through sunday
0: all right i have the sunday night game oh This is a no-brainer for me. I did not even think about it. The Denver Broncos are traveling to Seattle. Russell Wilson going back home. That's Monday night. Excuse me. Monday night game. Um, The Denver Broncos are traveling to Seattle in a revenge game. He's going back home to take on his former team. The Broncos are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Feed me that every single day and twice on Monday. I am on the Broncos minus six-and-a-half.
1: You just broke it down so well because this is my biggest lot of the week. The Denver Broncos are going to be the Seattle Seahawks by 20. Seattle is a bad football team. I am high on Drew Locke. Now, I'm not going to say high. I like Drew Locke. Don't get me wrong. Drew, Drew Locke's not the starter, right? Geno Smith's the starter.
0: I believe Geno Smith is getting the starting nod.
1: This team is going to be so bad. DK Metcalf and Tyler did not look great in the preseason. Um no bad. Obviously, they, they got a guy like Noah Fonten, who I, who I like, but uh, he's, he's not going to change what's going to happen. We're talking about a Russell Wilson-led team that has Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton on the outside. This team is going to be able to put up numbers, especially against the Seattle defense, who is already depleted. Um, I, I am also very excited to watch this football game. I don't think it's going to be a particularly good football game, but uh, Russ is going to cook like Russ cooks and uh, Broncos country. Let's ride.
0: Right, dude couldn't have said it better myself as we are speaking right now i am placing a live bet. uh um, i bet just alert. saw i just saw this one creep across my eyes creep across my vision the uh i'm headed back to the saints at the falcons um falcons team total set at 18 points i'm taking the over there
1: i love it i love it i, th- I think i think the falcons are looking at a solid 21 24 somewhere in that range this this, this week against the saints i we talked about with the Vikings and Green Bay, two teams that are absolutely a slugfest every time they play. It doesn't matter what team is better. It doesn't matter how better the other team is. Obviously, I, I don't think the Saints are too much better than the Atlanta Falcons. Me personally, I'll be completely honest with you. I think the Falcons are a little bit better than what people are getting credit for because I've seen guys like Sakias play. I've seen guys like Cordero play. Uh, obviously, we talk about Damian Williams and Tyler are also getting a little bit of carries in the backfield. I think this Falcons team is, is going to be kind of sneaky this year. And se- what, what, 17 and a half? Uh, eighteen. Eighteen is what 18, I have. Eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would probably roll with that as well. I, at an NFL game, you got four quarters to score some points. I, I think the Falcons going to put it together.
0: Yep, I just picked it up. Uh 18 points. I'm taking the over at minus 110 odds right here.
1: You had me so thrown off for a second because you had said Sunday night, and I was like, Kenny is about to drop an absolute banger on us. Because before we get off NFL talk, we have to mention a couple of these games. Four. I'm not going to worry too much about the early on games because I I think we covered all of them in our, our, in our betting things when I have circled, at least for the good games, uh, Kansas city at Arizona. What an absolute banger for a four o'clock game. Uh, obviously we both stayed away from this game. Kyler Murray is a guy that I do not like to put bets against on earlier in the season. This is a Arizona might start the season. Eight. zero like, (laughs) <laughs> Arizona is a first half of the season unit. Obviously, D-Hop is suspended for the first six games with PED usage. Still don't sleep on this, man. Kyler Murray can put up points fast on your team whenever he is hot. Uh, Kansas City is obviously an absolute amazing team. Patrick Mahomes is still the premier quarterback in the NFL. Josh Allen was, is a robot. I heard this somewhere. I don't remember where I heard it, but he is a robot sent from the future to stop Patrick Mahomes. That is his sole job in life, and he, and he's good at it, but... <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got no ring yet, so... <laughs> he's got he to figure it out, but he's, he's trying. Yeah, he's still trying. Pat Mahomes is still that dude. Him and Brady are the two dudes in the NFL. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers. You're good. You win MVPs. Congratulations. You don't win rings like these two guys do. Matthew Stafford, you're in the game a little bit, but if your name is not Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, those, those are the two guys. Uh, I also want to mention the Las Vegas-Los Angeles game. Another absolute banger of a game we're getting at 415. Uh can't wait for that one. Garrett Carr. Obviously, he, he has his old friend Devontae Adams back with him, uh coming from Green Bay. Um, these two teams absolutely went crazy last year. I think these two teams were I think Vegas surprised a lot of people with the whole Gruden deal that happened, and then all of a sudden they were a playoff team last year. And then you talk about the Chargers, man. The Chargers are my pick for that, for that, for that division, for that AFC West. I am really, really high on the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert is going to come out and I have to look to see what his MVP odds are because I am very curious to see if if he could put together another great season. This guy has all the arm talent in the world.
0: Right, and you're talking about banger matchups, and I, I teased it a little bit. Let's go ahead and talk about the Sunday night game, because this is as good of a matchup you're going to get NFL Week 1, man. It the is amazing. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Bucs open up at a 2.5-point favorite. You get a minus 136 on the money line. The over-under set at 50.5 half. Um, let's go ahead and ring the bell, hit the buzzer again. I am placing another live bit as we speak because I just saw it come across Tom Brady over under in passing yards two seventy four and a half. and a half feed me.
1: Yeah, this, this is a game right here where I am going to stay away from everything spread in points wise. Now, player props, obviously me and Kenny are both guys that will look at a player prop. We'll see, oh, look, Scotty Miller over 12 and a half receiving yards. Boom, we're on like, so I'm sure we'll be putting a lot more money into into these games coming up than what we're talking about right now. But you're completely right. This Tampa Bay Dallas game is going to be awesome. It's in Dallas. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're talking about two amazing offenses with two solid defenses. So it, it, it's definitely interesting to see what's going to happen. Uh, I think I think I did relook Chris Godwin stuff. Or you might have told me, told said something about him. He is. I think he is going to be full go this week. So that that's another really, really big thing for Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, he was clear today, so that is big, big, big time. Julio just changed numbers from 85 to 6 because he says, when you throw it to me, that's what you're getting.
1: Oh, that is awesome. Let's go. I did not see that, so thank you for letting me know that information. Let's go, Julio. I still love you, so, you know, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, Tom Brady, 274.5. I'll take that over all day long. Feed me that on a silver platter.
1: Thank you. Oh, you could add him on Fantasy, but you refused. <laughs> I'll
0: make it happen. I'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, that oh, does it for my NFL games. That does it for everything NFL for me.
1: I am also out on it. Just everybody, be excited! Football is back. We have NFL and college all weekend, going from Thursday to Monday every week until what? Just what December, January. So be ready, guys. It, it, we're we're in for a lot of fun coming up over the next over the next weeks and months. And that brings
0: us right into it, man. College football headed into week two. Let's go over some of our picks uh, before we hop out of here and uh, talk about what we're looking at uh, in in college for this week two line. Um, I will go ahead and kick us off right here. Um, I am pulling it up. I also have these in chronological order. Now we don't have to be super sticklers about. What, what we're going i just try and keep my list as organized i, say as I don't have
1: them in uh, chronological order because I, I i am not going to pull up the full college schedule i will do it i will do the yeah, nfl for many. you Kenny. i'm not going to do college so if, if mine are a little bit out of time slot order i'll try but if mine are a little bit out of time slot order that my apologies i'm sorry about that
0: well that's fine we'll kick it off with friday uh and just because that's obviously one game um friday we get The Louisville Cardinals traveling down to Orlando to take on the UCF Knights. Uh, Central Florida is favored by five and a half here. Um, I am taking UCF minus five and a half, um, and I'm taking it for one reason. I have three asterisks right here on my list with in all bold. Do not overthink this game. UCF looked good in week one, and Louisville made Syracuse look like the 2007 New England Patriots. So I will take UCF minus five and a half.
1: You need to start sending me your notes, kitty, because this is a game I sat here and looked at. And I was like, I love this Louisville football team going into the year. I was high on this Louisville football team and they lost me money last week. I was so pumped. We got them on a very favorable line last week at Syracuse. I don't remember the exact number, but I-, I had a little bit of money in there on Louisville and they, they played such a stinker. Uh, I don't have money on this game. I don't have any picks for this game, but I- there's only two Friday games and, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be betting on the next one, so I will probably be betting the same bet you just made at the five and a half at UCF. I Louisville pissed me off, so screw you, Louisville. Bobby Petrino, that's- you suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Yeah, That's the that's the only Friday game I have, so we can head into Saturday if you're ready.
1: I, I am so ready for Saturday. I'm sorry, Boise State, New Mexico, with the 17-point spread. I, I am off of you.
0: All right, well, look, not to jump you, Jake, but I'm itching to talk about this game, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. App State going down to Kyle Field to take on the Aggies. Boy, this is way too many points, guys. <laughs> this is way too many points. I'm on App State plus 19 and a half traveling to Kyle Field to take on the Aggies. Um, I'm sure as soon as I pressed the button to lock this bed in, I just set it in stone that Texas A&M is going to win this game by 20 points. But 19-and-a-half, I'm on App State. A&M, I like A&M. I've said it so many times. I've got some ties there. I watched them play. I think they looked relatively good in week one, but they played a cupcake matchup, and we're not really sure how to judge a team like Sam Houston. Um, App State is a team that looked very, very, very good against North Carolina, and North Carolina is not a good football team. I'm not saying that they looked good, you know, I'm just saying, objectively, they looked good in that game. They scored a lot of points. Texas A&M obviously has a top-tier defense, but I feel like 19 points is just a ton of points to be anywhere near the spread of this game. So I'm on App State plus the 19 and a half here.
1: I am not on App State, but I am going to follow suit in the same game. I am on the over 54 points for this game. I yeah. think Texas A&M against this App State defense could score 54 by themselves. But we talk about this Texas a and defense. It is a good defense, but I do think App State is going to put up a competitive game. I would not be surprised if App State puts up 24 points by themselves. So I, I do think that there's going to be contribution, solid contribution for both sides. And that I, if this I, I figured this number would be sitting closer to 60 than 50. And I caught it at 54. So I am rolling with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, th- that's fair. I like the over there as well. And don't get me wrong, I think Texas A&M is very capable of blowing out a team like App State, but for just from what I'm basing, what I saw in week one, I think it's moved down to 18.5 now, so maybe I called it at a good time. But I-, I locked this in at 19.5 earlier this morning, um, so I, I want to ride with App State here. But A&M is definitely going to pull out the win unless something detrimental
1: happens. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, do you want to go next or do you want me to fly next? Man. Talk about North Carolina. This, this is what made me excited. I am rolling with North Carolina minus seven at Georgia State for one reason. Um, this offense can roll. Drake May is an absolute stud at quarterback. This man came in after Sam Howell left to the NFL. And so far in two games, This guy has put up numbers, dog, and I I don't expect it to quit continuing. Obviously, uh, Georgia State's a team that played uh, South Carolina pretty tough last week, I believe, and uh, so they kind of make me a little nervous on that aspect, but I think this guy's going to continue putting up points. Last week, we looked at it. He was 24 for 36 with 352 with four tuds. He also ran for 76 yards in a tud, so this guy right here is going to put up numbers against Georgia State.
0: Yeah, he literally looks like the reincarnation of Sam Howe. Exactly. The guy is a baller. All right, I don't have anything on that game, but I'll go into my next Saturday game. Um, Guys, I want to preface this pick by saying, I hope to God I lose my money on this pick. I want to lose so bad. But unfortunately, this is probably my most confident pick of the week, and it's Alabama minus 20 at Texas.
1: Yes, yes. I, I I'm not going to talk too much because I'm I'm on it too with you.
0: Yeah, I mean Texas. Um, we, we've seen all the hype about them. They didn't they didn't really move me from their week one performance. And Alabama just looked like Alabama. So I'm expecting this to be a, a blowout, um, and I think 20 points is just not enough. So I fully expect Alabama to. To cover the 20, Um, if they don't cover, I pray Texas wins this game. If Texas won this game and I lost all my money, I would be so happy. Yes, I'm on the same boat. I just don't think it's going to happen.
1: Like I said, I'm on the same boat. I'll lead us into another one, which is a a lot less exciting, but it's one I am very, very confident again. uh, This is UTSA at Army. Uh, I have the over 54 and a half on this game. This is two teams that played last week. They both started off the season 0-1. Uh, Army lost to Coastal Carolina 38-28, to and UTSA played a tough game against Houston. They lost in three overtimes, uh, 37-35. to Notables. UTSA gave up 346 yards. Army gave up 437. Uh, UTSA gave up 37 points. Army gave up 38. UTSA scored 35 points. Army scored 28. So these are two teams that, so far in this season, what we can tell, like to give up points. But let's not discount it as that they also can score points. So I am very, very curious to see how this game goes. And like I said, I I just feel like that number's too low. I am going to roll that over at 54 and a half.
0: Well, an interesting thing about that game last week between Army and Coastal that not a lot of people have talked about is the one thing about teams like Army that will get you is this triple option offense. Yes, It's so hard to scheme against. And Coastal had a full year to scheme against it and still gave up 28 points. So I'm with you 100%. I think the over is a lock there. I do not have that one written down in my bets, but I will be taking a look at that. Um, That moves me into my next one. Uh, This is another one where I put asterisks, big bold letters, do not overthink this game. I'm taking number 16, Arkansas, minus 8.5 at home versus South Carolina. Arkansas looked very impressive to me against Cincinnati, and South Carolina looked like dog crap.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I roll with you on this one, Kenny. Uh, Arkansas is one of the upper echelon teams in college football, um, and they will be until they prove me wrong. So I'm going to treat them like one, and whenever you can get them at minus 8.5 against the South Carolina team, like we had said, it looks terrible. I am going to take that same exact bet. I have it in my notes, and I am I, I like where the odds land. Yep. I'll let you go into
0: the next one.
1: Uh, my next one. I am sorry, Commodores. Uh, I am going Wake Forest minus twelve at Vanderbilt. Uh, Wake Forest, like we had mentioned yesterday, is getting Sam Hartman back at quarterback. Vanderbilt has been a team that has impressed so far, but I feel like all-around football. Wake Forest is a lot better football team, and the minus twelve number is a little bit too small for me. So I, I would not be surprised if Wake Forest beats them by more than twenty. So I, I, I again, I'm not going to overthink it and think that Vanderbilt's a an amazing football team. I am just going to go with Wake Forest. Obviously, last week, we look at Vanderbilt. I want to say they give up over 30 against Elon. So, you know, I think I think Wake Forest is going to roll in this one.
0: Yeah, I'm on this game as well. I, I do not have, uh, I'm not taking a winner in the game. But so this is a 100% total hype boy play for me here. Hand up. I am all over the over of 65 and a half. It's a lot of points, y'all. 65 and a half is a lot of points. But let's talk about this. Number 23, Wake Forest at Vandy. Vandy's quarterback, Mike Wright, guy we've talked about here on the podcast. This man has contributed to 638 total yards of offense and an absurd 10 total touchdowns in two football games this year. Heisman winner. I mean, it's nuts. It's crazy. Uh, And that's just him by himself. Uh, Wake Forest also racked up over 500 yards of total offense last week without their starting quarterback, Sam Hartman, who, you know, they they activated him. I'm assuming he's going to be making the return this week, and both teams are just notorious for having no defense whatsoever. So 65-and-a-half. I mean, Wake Forest might score 65-and-a-half, and Mike Wright might score 65-and-a-half by himself. So
1: Yeah, and, and another thing to note is that uh, Mitch Griffith, Griffiths, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, he did look good last week. Uh, I know they played DMI, so, I mean, you know, they, they, there's certain levels to this, but, uh, you know, I, I he, he looked comfortable in the offense. Obviously, they look pretty solid. So, you know, I, I'm really looking. this is another game I think me and you both talked about yesterday as a game we're looking forward to to watching. Uh, I want to say this is the SEC Network game at 12 o'clock, so it will be on both of our TVs. So yep. we're pumped for that.
0: All right, that moves me into my next one. I have Missouri at plus 7.5 at Kansas State. Um, this is just too many points for me. I was very, very impressed with Missouri in week one. We talked about it last night on my SEC list. Um, and uh, obviously, they're an SEC team. So I think the, there's a little bit of a, a gap there with Kansas State. Uh, and a team like Kansas State just – I mean, I, I get there. There's been some hype around this team, but seven and a half points against Missouri, based on what I've seen, I just think it's too much. Um, I also have a money line ticket on this game as well. I'm taking a flyer uh, with Missouri.
1: Yeah, I, I'm on. I'm on. Uh, I'm on Missouri as well. I don't have that one actually listed on my thing, but that is definitely one that I looked at, and I, I was, I was definitely really curious about. Uh, I do think. I do think that they are a better football team than what I was kind of expecting from what I saw so far. Obviously, things can change, but again, I feel like that line's a little bit low for Kansas State, so I'm probably going to roll up Missouri too. Um, My next game is, I know they lost me money last week. Uh, Screw you, Indiana, but I'm rolling Illinois, minus four and a half versus Virginia. Uh, I'm sticking on my Illinois hype train. Actually, I am so wrong. Illinois won me money, I believe. What was the Illinois line?
0: I think they covered.
1: Am I thinking about the wrong game? Hold up, I, I sorry, sorry, podcast listeners. I am actively looking up stuff. My fingers are typing as fast as I can. Yes, they were. They were plus three and a half, and they covered. It was uh, they lost by three. I I want to say is, is what happened. Um, I, thought I you had.
0: A, I thought you were saying you had a money line.
1: I might so have. You had, had a money a, line. I, I, I can't remember
0: i I had them I had them covering, and they did cover for me if so if you had it, then you definitely won money
1: uh, I had illinois uh no, that's right. by the time I had picked them, um they were a pick'em i picked I oh. waited till day of and they got down to a pick 'em. that's what happened um, that so sounds. yeah, Illinois lost me money. But I am very confident against them. with them against this Virginia team. I think so far this season, Illinois has impressed me as a football team. They have played better ball than I had thought they would. So I'm going to roll with Illinois minus four and a half versus Virginia at home.
0: All right, heading into my next game. This is another one in bold asterisks and bold letters. I've got love this pick right here. I've got Penn State at home versus Ohio. The over of 54 in this game. I think 54 is absurdly low. Penn State, 304 yards passing last last week with four touchdowns versus a much better Purdue defense. Ohio, 345 yards passing with four touchdowns while also allowing 364 passing yards and five touchdowns uh, versus FAU. Um, so 54, I think this is uh, way. I think this is way low. So I am hammering the over here.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. I'd also take a little peek at the spread. Uh, I know 25 and a half is a lot of points, but this is this Penn State team is a team that could easily just blow out this Ohio team. So that's, that's something else I'm going to also take a little peek at. 25 and a half is not much in the college football world whenever you're talking about a notable team playing a a pretty trash team. So I'm I'm, I'm going to be keeping my eye on that game for sure. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go into the next one, uh, and this is going to be one that I'm pretty sure you are also on. Uh, Iowa State, plus three and a half at Iowa. Iowa's offense is the worst in college football. So <laughs> if yeah. I can get a notable team as underdogs at plus three and a half, give it to me all day long. I am really excited about this pick.
0: Yeah, this is another asterisk one for me. Love this pick a a ton. I'm on Iowa State. Very, very heavy, without a doubt. Um, Spencer Petrus, Petrus. I don't even care to understand how it's pronounced. He might be the worst football player I've ever seen in my entire life. And I will be fading this
1: Iowa team as long as he's a starter. How was was this Iowa team in the top 10 last year? No clue, man. (laughs) no clue and, and everybody was so high on them and then we saw them play and we're like okay never mind this Iowa team is not very good. They have a good defense. I will give Iowa that. Iowa does have a solid defense. But you got to score more than 7. And let's just say four of those points came off of safety. So yeah, you got to score seriously. more than, you got to score more than 3 on offense against a uh what was it like a a Western Kentucky team or something like that. It was it was they weren't uh what F- fcs isn't that the other thing or is it fbs i know one of them's us uh, yeah. Some- yeah so you, you you gotta do a little bit better i know they're i know that's one of the better teams in the in their little area of college football but come on man you are iowa you need to be putting up more than that and they did it. so iowa state plus three and a half i love it
0: i want to say iowa was the first team in like 15 years to score exactly seven points without a touchdown
1: I believe it. I feel like that's a very rare occurrence. I don't think there's another way you can do that other than how they did it. I mean I, I I guess you could return a uh you know a blocked uh PAT or like that, but I feel like that's a that's a new rule, right? I don't think that was a thing in recent years. I don't think that you got two points off of that in the past. I think you just got one. Yeah, so I I think you're right
0: there. Um all right, that takes me into my next game. This is a seven pm. Eastern kickoff, SEC matchup. Number 20, Kentucky traveling down to the swamp to take on the newly ranked number 12, Florida. Um, Kentucky or Florida is a six and a half point favor here. I'm on Kentucky plus the
1: six and a half. I'm also on Kentucky uh, plus six and a half. I am also on the under of 52 and a half. I feel like that's a lot of points in this matchup. Uh, Florida's offense, um, outside of Anthony Richardson just running the ball all over um, Utah last week they did not do much through the air and Kentucky is a lot is going to be a tough team to do what they did last week against. And obviously we like Kentucky's offense. Kentucky's offense is, has never really been a super high powered offense. So I am, I'm curious to see how this game rolls out. I I'm pretty confident the 52 and a half. Um, so I, that, I'm, I'm, I'm a roll with it. Obviously this is a, one of those games I want to have money on because I want to have some type of impact. Cause this is a must watch for sec fans. All right. How many more picks you got in college? Um, four, all right.
0: Well, I only have one more, um, so why don't you go ahead and rip off a couple?
1: Um, I have USC minus nine at Stanford. This is one that I had sat back and looked at a little bit because this Stanford team is pretty tough. Don't get me wrong, Stanford usually runs on a pretty good football team, but. I'm gonna roll with my USC hype train that I, that me and Kenny have both been on, and I I'm expecting them to go out and dominate Stanford. So I, I'm rolling with that. I also have Oklahoma State minus 11 versus Arizona State. Uh, obviously we talk about Arizona State. Arizona State's not a very good football team. Oklahoma State's a decent football team. I, I like the minus number right there, especially minus 11 number right there, especially at home. Um, do you want me to do two more, or do you want me to do one more, and then we just do one and one, or how do you want to do this, Kenny?
0: I think we might be on my last one together. So I don't know if I'm hinting at that one at all, but yeah, so you- I'll,
1: I'll go ahead and knock out, I'll go ahead and knock out one. I know, I know what your last one is now. I, I okay. already know. Um, I'm on Boston college plus two and a half at Virginia tech, Virginia tech looked terrible and Boston college is a team. They didn't look too great, Uh, but I, I am pretty high on Boston college as a whole. So I'm, I'm going to hope that they can go in week two and clean things up. I don't think this Virginia tech team has any hope of, doing anything dramatic in the college football world. So I, I'm on Boston College plus two and a half. They got a good quarterback. Yeah, quarterback can absolute ball. And that's the main reason that I had went that route with Boston College. I feel like that Virginia Tech is a team that can get played out of the water if you start to put up some points on them. My right, last pick here. Last pick right here, and I, I'll let you read it off. I, I, I am 99 point. I'm the same percentage chance that Georgia is to beat uh, Sanford this weekend, and it is set at 99.9% ESPN. So let's, let's hope that we're there's a 0.1% chance that we are wrong and that Georgia loses.
0: This is number nine, Baylor, taking on number 21 ranked BYU. Y'all, I don't know what is going on here, but BYU is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um. Now, this is of no disrespect to BYU, because I think BYU is a good football team. I like this team a lot. But when I personally watch Baylor play, I see a top 7-8 team in college football. And BYU should not be favored in this game, in my opinion. I was 100% shocked when I saw this line and took it without even blinking. If Baylor loses this game, slap me across my face, and don't ever let me bet on another college football game again. Um, Number 9 Baylor, money line.
1: I am on it as well, Kenny. We were right. We are on the same bet, and like you said, this is no disrespect to BYU. Uh, I, I want to say that me and Kenny are. I, I'm not gonna talk for you, Kenny, but I I, I like BYU. I'm a. Uh, I remember last year whenever week one of college football, whenever week one of college football came around, and we were watching some football, and then all of a sudden the ten o'clock games rolled around, and we caught ourselves watching a BYU game until like 12, 1230 in the morning. So. They're kind of gave me a little bit more of a like for BYU than, than what I enjoyed in the past. But uh, yeah, you're right. Baylor's just too good of a team to be at this number. I also got them at line. I got them at plus 135. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about that pick. I'd love to see it. And we talk about Baylor. To me, is just an all-around all, all better football team. Uh, like we mentioned, BYU's still a good team, but I, I like my odds taking Baylor.
0: You us see what my odds were on the money line. I don't remember. I didn't have them written down.
1: Let me look here. I got Baylor Moneyline uh, plus
0: 136. Oh,
1: you got better odds than me by one. (laughs) By one. Okay. By one. (laughs) Yep. That does it for me for my picks. That is also it for me with my picks as well, Kenny. All right. Well. Is that a wrap up? Is, is, Is it time for a wrap up?
0: That's it for me. I don't have anything else. You got any final notes before we head out of
1: here? I don't have any final notes besides like what I said earlier. People enjoy football this weekend. It is the first full weekend of college football and NFL football. I know I know college football covered us the whole weekend last weekend because it was their only weekend they could enjoy without having the NFL breathing on their necks. But this weekend's a little bit different. It's going to be an absolutely loaded Saturday. It's going to be an absolutely loaded Sunday. We have been so blessed so far with the matches we got to see in both college football and the NFL. So, um I know Kenny and I are very excited we're going to be keeping our eyes glued to the TV this weekend for all these games and uh, I hope y'all do the same and you know this time of year's rolling around we ain't we ain't quite got that that crisp breeze out in the in Georgia yet but I, I think the high tomorrow's 82 and then the high on Saturday is like 72 so uh it's, it, it's, it's coming quick guys so uh just lock Lovely in but surely and, and enjoy y'all ball is, is all I can say for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, football season is in full effect. College football kicked off last week, obviously, but uh, with NFL coming in on Thursday, we got Braves, we got NFL, we got college, sports. uh, It's a great time to be a sports fan. So um, I know we're excited to to get on here and and talk with y'all and give you some insight. And like we say every episode, man, check us out on all the socials. You see us right here. On Twitter at Peach State Pod, um, get on there, give us a follow, check us out. We try and post, get some content out there, interact with us, let us know what you think. If you have anything you want to do, some debating. If you want to agree with us, hop on there, do, just get some dogs talk and um, and kind of and kind of see what y'all think. Uh, check us out on TikTok, check us out um, on the YouTube at Peach State Tailgate where we do the live streams every time we record. And obviously, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast,
1: you can listen to the shows there. Yeah, I, I think I think that was a great wrap up, Kenny. I, I want to do my part and say thank you as well. Uh, Kenny did all the socials and stuff, so for clear on that aspect, uh, just thank y'all so much, and uh, we will catch you guys next week. It's it's gonna be a fun weekend. We're gonna have a ton of stuff to talk about, and it is time for ball. Yeah, go dogs! Go dogs, baby!